0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball
0: with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr.
2: Welcome into another episode of Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner John Heyman. Uh, a lot going on. With not a lot going on uh, right (laughs) now in baseball. Uh, First and foremost, up front, as an employee of uh, the San Diego Padres, uh, I have been asked not to speak on things concerning the lockout, so I will hold my end of the bargain up uh, from that standpoint. However, uh, you guys are in luck because John is not under those same stipulations. He will give you his thoughts on the lockout. A lot went on before the lockout in terms of free agency, which – I thought was a, a big surprise. Uh we'll get into some of those issues. Plus Hall of Fame uh, uh inductees uh, were announced uh today at least from the the um uh I believe it's the early baseball era committee uh and the gold days era committee uh got some of their uh nominees in. So uh before we get into that, John, how are you doing today? Welcome in. Um-
1: I'm good. I mean, this is, you would think a show about nothing, right? But we got plenty, (laughs) plenty to talk about a lot to talk about. We'll touch on some winners and losers from all the moves that were made. And it was fast and frantic with all the moves. It was terrific. And, uh, I will give you my take on the remaining top free agents, the pitching market. And, uh, we're going to get into that Hall of Fame, and uh, my ballot stirred up some controversy. I'm not proud of that necessarily, but I'm certainly welcome to discuss that. I'm very happy to discuss it, and yeah, we're going to touch on the lockout briefly. I'm not going to go crazy on the lockout. It's going to be a long lockout. I'll say that right up front, but we'll hit on that at the end sometime.
2: All right. Well, let's start with the winners and losers of uh, of this what I thought was a crazy free agency, only from the standpoint of with that collective bargain agreement with the lockout looming at the time, you just didn't think there would be a lot of movement that didn't seem to be the case. And who, who'd you have as some of your winners and losers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A ton of movement. I mean, obviously uh, somebody's got money, somebody's willing to spend it. And uh, I've got five winners uh, right up front. You're right. It was uh, really a lot of fun. I think for all the fans, maybe not as much fun for me and, Ken Rosenthal and Joel Sherman and <laughs> Jeff Passan, but it was, it's, uh, we have a break now, so we're thankful for that. And, uh, uh, I got my winners and Mets to me is the number one winner. I mean, they got, uh, they got Scherzer to go along with the Grom now. I mean, Steve Cohn threw his money around. I'm sure not all the owners are thrilled with it, but, uh, you know, they got Marte to play center, Kenna Escobar, uh, you know, all good moves. I like what they did, and they're still operating. I mean, once we get back, uh, they're gonna try to get us one more starting pitcher and one more hitter. And wouldn't be shocked if it was Chris Bryant, but we're gonna touch on all these different remaining great free agents later. Uh, my other winners are the Tigers. Uh Erod, I like him very much. Um, you know, they paid him a lot, but uh well worth it. Uh, Baez, I like him more than most, so Uh, They filled shortstop, and I like Barnhart as a catcher. I thought that was very good. Defensively, he's one of the best in the game. I like what the Marlins did also with the catcher with the Stallings. Uh, Garcia will certainly help their offense. They're still working on the offense. Obviously, the Rangers are another winner with that uh, $500 million DP combination now with uh, Seager. And Semien, you got to give them in the list, and of course the Mariners who signed the reigning AL Cy Young winner and Robbie Ray. So those are my five winners. We can get to the losers after. Uh, and, but uh, who are your winners? Tony?
2: Well, let, let me say. Let me say this. I, I find it so interesting, and, and it's fascinating to me. Um, in both of the last two off seasons, um, you know, one coming out of a pandemic, where, where teams seemingly were reluctant to to go out and spend. And then one in this past uh this offseason that we're in right now, uh, with the the lockout looming at the time, uh, there were some teams that were able to capitalize on it. It was the Padres in in the 2020 offseason. This year, teams like the Mets and Detroit uh really without a, a ton of competition were able to capitalize and, and make their teams a lot better heading into what you know, we hope for as a, as a, a 20, a full 2022 season. I found that to be interesting. Who are your losers, John?
1: My losers. Well, the big market teams, I think they're waiting, you know, my, my thought on this is they're waiting to see what the threshold is. And the tax is going to be before they dive in those other teams. Now the Mets, Steve Coney probably doesn't care about the tax. He's got plenty of money, as we know. And the other teams really aren't near the tax that I had as winners, but uh, mostly big market teams, the Yankees. I mean, you know, Jolie Rodriguez is their only signing so far. I mean, $2 million. I mean, that's really not the Yankees. I mean, you know, hopefully they can address Aaron judge at some point, but uh, they need to get better too. So uh, right now the Yankees, I mean, the Red Sox, they're doing some small stuff. They brought in Paxton. So they brought it, paid him a lot of money for a guy who's going to be ready halfway through the year. But, uh, You know, certainly an improvement, but they have not done anything. I mean, since they traded bets to the Dodgers, you know, they've been doing a lot of small stuff. They obviously had a terrific year this year, so they did a good job with it. But right now, to me, they're a loser. The Dodgers, obviously, they lost Scherzer and they lost Seeger, who they tried for, uh, didn't quite uh, keep. Um, I think with uh, Scherzer, uh, along with those other teams, the Giants, who uh, right now are one of my other losers um, I think they were a little below the $40 million. The Mets went over $40 million a year, $43.3 million uh, for Scherzer. They were Dodgers were more in the $36 million range, but of course uh, they never got down to the final with the Dodgers. So, you know, it's not fair to compare their offer to the Mets' offer, but certainly uh, the Mets uh, made sure that they were going to get them. I'll just put it that way. But losing Seager, that hurt them. They really wanted to keep Seager with Turner at second. Now Turner is the shortstop. We will see. Uh, going in, I, I don't think they were looking at the other shortstops, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit about whether they might take a look at Carlos Correa or Story at this point because uh, right now they've, they've gone backward uh, quite a bit. They were, they were to me, the best team on paper to begin with, so they came from a good start, but uh, got a lot to do. They also need to get Jansen back, which they haven't done yet. They did bring uh, Chris Taylor back for four years, $60 million, which is about what we expected. Giants, to me, they lost their best hitter in Posey uh they lost probably their second best pitcher in Gosman who was really good um they did bring back belt on a reasonable deal they brought back Tisklavani and Wood on fair deals and uh, they they imported Alex Wood so they've been doing stuff they're still a good team but uh you know we we thought that 107 wins was a bit beyond what their what their uh right. talent should bring in the first place and now that they've lost some players uh, you know, I think they've got work to do. And to me, the Astros are incomplete, you know, Verlander, that deal never got done. So we will see about that. And Correa, you know, they've, they've made efforts. They have not, uh, gotten close yet, but, uh, still think they need to get a shortstop, whether that's Correa or story, they need to do that. But I mean, they're, they're incomplete at this point, not really a fair loser
2: yeah no I, I don't think there's there's much question uh, about some of those losers and, and and listen the off season at this point is not there are still free agents available. there are still guys that uh, could change the course uh, of where some of these teams are at this point uh some of the, the more intriguing parts about this time of year john is is hearing some of the backstories in terms of how these negotiations came to 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 pass uh, you mentioned some of those guys. Uh, who who signed uh simeon Seeger, stroman scherzer barrios gosman baez uh what are some what are some of the backstories in terms of how the negotiations went down with some of these guys
1: yeah you know i'm going to touch on the biggest one so far which is uh seager i mean the dodgers really wanted to keep him and they were willing to go pretty far i think to keep him my understanding is uh they they would have made an offer and maybe perhaps they did uh <laughs> Of 300 million or more, but with deferrals, kind of like they did with bets, right? They gave him a 365 million, I believe it was, a right, lot of deferrals. Right. So the actual value uh, I have it is coming in as a 292. At least that's what I was told. I didn't do any mathematical calculations on that, but 292. So I mean, I think Seeger was in that category. I don't know if it's going to be 365, but 300, something like that, with deferrals. So he would have gotten considerably less than what he got with Texas. He got 325 with Texas. Texas also, no deferrals, a little bit front-loaded there. Um, he's got no state tax in Texas, so it's probably right, right. at least a $50 million difference there. So, um, you know, I to me, it would be hard to leave L.A. I, I, I envy you living in Southern California. I don't <laughs> happen to live there. I I mean, you know, it's easy for me to say I might have taken less money, but that's not the way free agency works. You know, you go for the team that wants you the most in Texas wanted him the most. Um, You know, Scherzer is another one. Very interesting uh, one. Obviously, a record deal getting 129 million over three years. Steve Cohn wanted to make sure that he would get him. And he did. They had a Zoom call. His wife uh, talked to Erica Scherzer. They were really getting close. And, you know, it doesn't hurt. But obviously, the money in the end uh, is a major factor. We assumed, at least I did, and probably wrongly, that the Dodgers were the perceived favorite because as a trade piece, he said he only wanted to go to LA or San Diego. So I thought, you know, for some reason, he, he likes Southern California, as I do, as you do. and I don't blame him. And I think a lot of people felt that as well. But, you know, he does live in Jupiter, Florida, which was near the uh, spring training site of the Nats and only about 45 minutes from the Mets site. So, um, you know, it's easier for him to be on the East Coast, really. So maybe the Mets didn't have to overpay by that much. We'll never know. But, uh, you know, they, you know, certainly Seeger was not anxious to go to the Mets as a trade piece. The Mets uh, without him, I mean, uh, Scherzer, uh, the, without Scherzer, they're not really a, a contender on paper. Uh, now with him and with DeGrom, they look really uh, pretty darn good. And, uh, you know, certainly the money is, in the end, uh, what uh, what decides things. Um, you know, Baez is an interesting one. He got $140 million from Detroit. We knew that he, they didn't want to go to $300 million for anybody, including Correa, even though they love Correa. And A.J. Hinch had the connection there with Correa. But Baez makes perfect sense for them. Fits in there. They got Eduardo Rodriguez. They've got Barnard still working. So, I um, mean, there are certain teams that we know are looking at shortstops. Houston is one of those teams, and they'll come up with somebody, whether it's Correa or Story, and we'll touch on each of these stars that are remaining uh, individually, and, and including Verlander, who's still out there, but certainly Bryant, Correa, Story, Castellanos. We still have a lot to do. We still have a lot of work to do, but uh, it was very exciting. And obviously Seeger and some of these other players, I uh, really wanted to get it done uh, and not wait through the lockout without a deal. And I get that. And they ended up with very good deals. Um, you know, most of them got beyond the expectations. So yeah. uh, there's certainly money out there in Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: uh, that, that is uh, that. We're, I guess that's what we're going to find out one way or the other uh, as it pertains to that. Uh, so as we go uh, through this uh This lockup that's taking place doesn't mean baseball is completely stopped, right? Uh, The Hall of Fame uh, had some new elected members here recently. And, uh, uh, John, you kind of caught some flack for your ballot a little bit, man. You want to talk about it a little bit?
1: Yeah, I did catch a lot of flack. I mean, I think the biggest problem is that uh, the six best, shall we say, or most accomplished players uh, all are linked to steroids. So if you're not in favor of steroids or – if you're not a if you're if if you're opposed to steroids, uh, your ballot's not going to look that great to a lot of people because there are a lot of fans and a lot of and some writer, many writers, who at this point are saying it was all part of the era of steroids and uh, let's move past it and just it's easier to vote on the statistics and the achievements. But to me, the guys who did the steroids. Got themselves more achievements. They got themselves more money, and this is an honor. It's not a court of law, and I'm in that group. But there are some other writers who are well known who who are against the steroids. So I'm generally against the steroids. I've always vote against the steroid uh, guys, at least initially. Eventually, with Barry Bonds, I, I I I finally warmed up after a few years of not voting for him, and I decide I sit understood and believed the narrative that he did not do steroids until after Sosa and McGuire passed them. And he did steroids sometime around 2000 and continued to do them. And you could see a clear delineation in his career from an incredibly great player to Babe Ruth plus, you know, it, right. it became a right. different player. So I'm taking the position that he was a hall of famer before taking any steroids. He had three MVPs. He had seven top five finishes, but it is weird to vote for him not for the other steroid guys particularly clemens and i get that i still i know clemens he went to toronto a little bit earlier than i believe bonds took the steroids it's pretty clear to me that it's his career which was said by dan duquette and when he left boston to be in the twilight maybe he was wrong maybe he certainly had a, he had something left but mm-hmm. i mean he went from a great pitcher to the best pitcher in baseball by quite a bit when he went to Toronto, so it's pretty clear earlier he went to the steroids so that's why I still have not been able to vote for him. I don't vote for any other steroid guys, so I picked the best of the non steroid group and vote for them. I think Scott Rowland was a great two way player yeah I have voted for him Andrew Jones I think he's one of the greatest outfielders I've ever seen so I vote for any plus he had four hundred home runs plus I vote for him Kent Jeff Kent I think he was a an impact yeah. player on offense, I vote for him. And Kurt Schilling, I hold my nose and I vote for him because I don't do it on <laughs> personality. I know people say I didn't vote for Albert Bell because of personality or the, it's not about personality. Nothing to do with personality. I, I mean Kent and Bonds didn't have winning personality. It's nothing to do with personality. I don't know how many times I can say that. Never has. Nobody believes it. You know, Kent and Bonds were not bon vivants. I vote for them. Schilling, I did not get along with at all before, even when he was playing. Now he's had some bizarre opinions, but I put that aside and I say, you know what? He had a great impact on the game. You know, whether I like the guy or not, he's a Hall of Famer. So that's how I came up with those five bonds, Roland, Kent, and Schilling. A tough ballot. There are a lot of guys on there that were just close, very close, and I may go and vote for them next year, including Wagner, Helton, Rollins, and Hunter. There are some other guys, pretty darn good careers too. Vizquel, Abreu, Hudson in that category, a. Even put Lincecum because I mean I like a guy who had a major impact even if he didn't have the length so I would I considered him but uh, you know I got flack and I understand there are you know people will look at inconsistency voting for Bonds and not the other steroid guys but you know I look at inconsistencies because I can see the ballots now and the and the um, opinions coming in we'll see how it goes but you know nobody votes for Sosa. Uh, He was reported to have failed that survey test in 2003. He gets very few votes, enough to stay on the ballot. And Ortiz has got all this wave of support. And I got so much flack for not including Ortiz. And I didn't vote for Bonds the first year he was on either. So, you know, I'm very tough on the steroids. I eventually got swayed on Bonds that he was a Hall of Famer before he took the steroids. Uh, But... I don't see the difference between Ortiz. My, myself, Ortiz, and Sosa. To me, they're both on their achievements clearly above the line. They're clearly Hall of Famers based on what they did in their careers. But to me, they're equally linked to steroids. But we're going to see uh, Sosa get whatever, 10 or 15% of the vote. We're going to see Ortiz. He may even get in, but he's certainly going to get more than 50% based on what I see out there. Now, you play the game. Uh, you may have a different opinion. I understand if someone is okay with the steroids, I get it. I don't begrudge it. It's a difficult decision. It's the achievements are what they are. And, uh, you know, it's certainly easier to do it that way. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on these guys? I mean, you, these are guys that you played with in your career. So you s- certainly would have definite and valid opinions of them.
2: Yeah, no, Bonds, is, it's a no-brainer for me. I mean, uh, the alleged start of usage was what 98 now or 99 uh he had already won three mvps two back to back at that point uh he was the best player in the league at that point and uh it was i mean it was close in terms of griffey being right there but uh he he was literally he was a hall of famer at that point in my mind and then uh, he 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 took his career to another stratosphere thereafter so he's a he he's a no brainer to me i i like uh i think uh uh david ortiz is 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 a hall of famer uh for me uh the ones that that stood out to me most and, and i like all your picks i i i played in the, the same division as scott Rowland. i got to see him on a consistent basis as a young player uh, and he was as good of a two way player as we had in the league at that point. So I love that pick. Uh, I-, I focused in on Buck O'Neill. I was happy to see uh, him get in by the early baseball committee. He was a, a fixture uh, in terms of being a coach in the Negro League and then being one of the first coaches in in Major League Baseball. In Major League Baseball, um, I thought that was a-, a-, a big get for the Hall of Fame and. Uh, in terms of story, it, it's a tough it's a tough call for a lot of people. Um, I I I grew up watching a lot of the players in that era, and uh, my dad played in that era. And the the fact of the matter is, uh, that it was it was it was a large usage across the league. Uh, there were, it, it seemed as though. And so, uh, I agree uh, for the most part. I, I I like I like Schilling as well, I, as you know. As you mentioned, this has never been about uh, personalities. It, it, can, it shouldn't. Have, it should never be about person. It's about what you put on the field, um, and and he definitely, from that standpoint, is deserving. So um, I I think your ballot's good. I know you got caught a lot of flack of for it, but uh, I personally thought it was good. Let's slide into the John Heyman's inside corner. Uh, let's talk yeah, about some. Well, of
1: I thank you for being so reasonable there. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're not like all people on Twitter who are going crazy. So I really appreciate that. And I think you've had some very good thoughts there. I really do.
2: Uh, Let's talk about uh, some of those big names that were still left out on the board. Correa is still out there. Trevor story, Chris Bryant, uh, uh, all of a sudden Freeman, who's also we thought was a no-brainer to go back to Braves, and it still could be, you're starting to hear his name pop up in the Dodger uh, cycle a little bit. and I I think a few weeks ago I I said something along those lines that that's something that could happen if they lost Corey Seager, and that may be one of the answers. Also, uh, you missed Nick Castellanos and, and Kyle Schwarber also still available on that free agent market.
1: Yeah, I mean, boy, there's a lot of good players left. I mean, we had so many good signings, but a tremendous n- number left. Um, yeah, I'm going to start with Freeman, since you mentioned him. Um, you know, it's very interesting that he's still out there. Everybody figured he was definitely going back to the Braves. I think at this point, you could say it's not a definite. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any way around that. Um, you know, he, my understanding is he wants uh, six years around $180 million, something like that. Doesn't seem unreasonable to me with what he's accomplished. No, uh, we used to give, a, not we, but they used to give a 10-year <laughs> deal. <32 laughs> yeah, it, it's it's, cer- it's certainly not
2: us giving it out.
1: No, I don't know that kind of money. But I mean, A-Rod and Poules around 32 got 10-year deals as free agents. Freeman is a free agent now. I understand he's talking to his team, his own team, about coming back. And certainly they might want a discount, a hometown discount or something, but I mean, the Braves, uh, they did great on the field. They do great off the field. They make a lot of money. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised it's gotten to this point. But since it has, there's no question we have to consider the possibility that he might leave. Uh, the Dodgers uh, do make sense. They could slide Muncy over to second. Obviously, losing Seager takes out a big left-handed bat. You wonder, though, does Muncy, can he play second on a regular basis? Um, you know, they'll have to answer that question. You know, I'm not sure it's, the answer it, to that question. It, it um,
2: certainly seems like uh, he, he could uh, possibly stay a little healthier over there, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, maybe. It, it, that's or a that,
1: DH, right? It could be a DH, right? right? No doubt. So so that, so that he could fit the Dodgers. Uh, they could use Muncy, even though he's a good first baseman, as well as Freeman. Freeman could be the first baseman, and Muncy could DH. So I wouldn't rule it out. Um, and the Yankees are certainly like Freeman. They're interested. They're involved. I mean, are they going to now, are they going to beat this or going to go to the six for 180 or beat that enough to that he would actually leave the Braves? You know, I'm not sure. Um, You know, there there are a few teams that are certainly asking around. Toronto did, although I'm not sure they need him. Their offense is incredible as is, but certainly Vlad could be a DH, could be even better. Uh, That was an interesting thing that I think Carlos Baerga brought up, but um, certainly a, a possibility. So the Freeman thing is an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And, uh, uh, you know, th- there's so many others here that are still left. Uh, Bryant, you know, I've heard several teams connected to him, including the Padres. He went to UC San Diego. You know, USD, your
2: next- University of San Diego.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. University of San Diego, different thing. Yeah. You know what, yeah. East Coast people, we don't know anything that goes on. <laughs> west of the Hudson, so I'm glad that's you, why you got that.
2: That's why you got me here on the West, to take care of you on University,
1: that is. I appreciate that. Uh, the Angels, the Mets, who I mentioned earlier, Phillies, Angels, Mariners, Rockies. And you wonder about the Giants. He was there. He didn't have a great finish. I haven't heard a lot lately with the Giants, so I, I'm not going to be shocked if he leaves. But any of those teams, and certainly you've got Steve Cohen there. So, you know, that's certainly a possibility with the Mets. And I'm have i going to introduce the mystery team. I have heard a mystery team with Bryant. I have not confirmed it, so I'm not going to mention it. But uh, there are a lot of teams with Bryant at this point. Uh, Carlos Correa, you know, the question has been, is he going to get the most money or is it going to be Seager? It's going to be very interesting to see. Houston certainly still interested. They weren't anywhere near it with their $160 million offer. Um, I think the big question there could be could the Dodgers do it? I mean, you know, if they don't do Freeman, you know, I thought they would only go for Seeger. And if they didn't get Seeger, they have Turner there. But, you know, with Seeger not there now, so much extra money that they're not spending, uh, you can't rule out the Dodgers for Correa. So those would be my two thoughts for Correa right now it would be Houston or the Dodgers. Story I have heard three teams Seattle, Houston, and Boston. So it will be interesting to see with Boston obviously could start out at second base potentially um and we'll see what goes from there and Bogart says if is a has an opt out after the year, and then he could slide over to shortstop after that. um We shall see what they do there. They have gotten Jackie Bradley jr, but they could somehow fit him into center on a part time basis um I'm, I'm not sure Kike would slide back to second so that gives story a potential there and i have heard there is a mystery team which i have not confirmed with story as well
0: and i'm sure there are others
1: you know we know colorado was interested in story and bringing them back I, from what i understand i don't think and i'm getting this second and i don't think story will go back to colorado at this point they are somewhat of a rebuild i like some of the things they've done you know, I mean, I, I like the fact they're trying. They were in on Bryant, as, or have been in on Bryant as well, if I didn't mention them. But uh, I think that's probably a long show that he goes back. But they have been in on it. Seattle certainly made an offer, and that's a possibility. Um, and then we have Castellanos and Schwarber. Lots of teams still looking at that outfield market. Um, Philly has been tied to Schwarber. That's always been my guess. I want to get one right, so I'm hoping Schwarber goes to Philly uh Marlins are still looking for offense they may end up with Rosario but they're still looking at offense Castellanos you know some of those same teams I just mentioned Padres Rockies potentially um several other teams would be on him he had a big year and should do quite well and the last guy I want to touch on is Verlander as we know as I pointed out on Twitter um and it's been followed up on. He, his deal never became official with Houston. Had a great deal. Two years, $50 million. I thought the agent, and he did a great job to get that deal back to Houston with an opt-out. And it, it was never official. So we don't know what's going on there. But he is still a free agent. I mean, the Yankees could jump back in. They had offered one year for $25 million. You think they work it out with Houston somehow. They usually do when something pops up, something happens. But uh he's still a free agent so he's still out there as well so there are a ton of great a great players still left even though we had many signed, this is a big free agent year
2: lastly uh Mets they need a manager who who, who, who are yes. the Mets names who are the names they're yeah. looking at you know i'm going
1: to be surprised if they don't turn eventually to either Showalter, Ausmus, Osmus or Spada Spada very well thought of Houston Astros bench coach Osmus has been a manager twice uh, with Detroit and with the Angels where Billy Epler was his boss. Now he was fired. Uh, that was an ownership decision by Artie Moreno. So uh, Billy Epler still likes Osmus, from what I understand and Showalter, which is going to be the people's choice or church, as they say in uh, Brooklyn uh, <laughs> for people in New York, um, you know, obviously very experienced managers managed with the Orioles and Texas and Arizona started with the Yankees as a, Young guy. Now he's about 65. So we'll see. But you'd think they probably go the veteran route. Now, Espada has been a bench coach for a very good team for a long time now. So um, perhaps they will consider him seriously. I I think they will. But those would be the three that I think they're looking at most carefully. But certainly, Quartaro, they're going to talk to from Tampa, is a candidate. Donnie Kelly, bench coach. Pittsburgh is a candidate. And there are a lot of other names out there that are possibilities, you know, uh, potentially Venable or Lombard. Um, You know, we'll see. I mean, could Bochy be a candidate? I'm not sure. Mm, I do think they, they have to look at probably consider seriously somebody with great experience and their payroll is up over 250 million at this point, and they're still working. So they're still looking at Hitters, pitchers, you know, uh, we mentioned Bryant. I know they're looking at the pitching market. I think Kikuchi is on their radar, along with the Jays. So, uh, you know, they may have a payroll close to $300 million, and it's going to be tough to entrust that with a guy with no experience. So they're going to have to have someone with at least a decent amount of experience, I think, for that team.
2: Wow. All right. Well, last but not least, as I mentioned before, I am not allowed to speak on the lockout because I am employed by the San Diego Padres. So I will step aside and hand the floor <laughs> off to John in return yeah. to the lockout.
1: Okay. I understand. In regards to the I lockout. Would, excuse me. Uh, sure. I'm I'm not going to talk a long time on the lockout. At this point, I think we're a long way away. We know what it's about. It's about money. Certainly both sides would like to see better competitive balance. And uh, that is certainly a, a consideration that uh, they're looking at but we know of course it's about money and uh, the issue is here at this point uh they're pretty far apart on the money and there's a, an issue with the personalities uh they have not been able to get along they didn't get a deal uh, in 2020 when Rob Manfred the commissioner had to order them back uh the union has new leadership and things have changed obviously there were 25 years of labor peace with MLB and uh you know they were able to work things out with the succession of union heads, uh, Don Fear and Mike Weiner, uh, Rich Shapiro, and they have not been able to get together here. I'm not blaming one side or the other, but it's certainly a personality conflict, and that's a big issue. Um, you know, the obviously the financial issues are: uh, where does the threshold go? How how high does it go? We certainly think it'll go up, but how high? I think uh, right now the union wants it at 245, and MLB at 214, so they got quite a gap there. They're going to probably raise the minimum salary. Are they going to establish a floor? I kind of like that idea for competitive balance. Uh, The union doesn't like it because they think that goes along with a a cap. Uh, The floor could be kind of a soft floor, though, where you just give penalties if you're under a certain uh, amount of money. So I kind of like that idea. You know, on other issues, free agency, they're going to have to figure that out. They're far apart on that still. It's been six years for a long time. I understand that the union would like it to be fewer, maybe five years or, or something like that. But, you know, in terms of competitive balance, that's tough for the teams that have star players that aren't exactly the richest teams. And they lose them after five instead of six. Um, we shall see the postseasons, another issue, the universal DH, I think they'll figure that out. It seems like both sides are on the same page on that one, um, that there is a universal DH. It certainly protects the assets, the pitchers, and it adds a player starting It uh, should add some money uh, being paid also to cover the DH. So uh, I mean, there's a lot. Revenue sharing is another got a lot to talk about. And uh, the, the the bad news is they're very far apart. The good news is there's a lot of time to figure this out. They just got to figure it out so that there's time to sign all these free agents that we talked about and to have at least a three four week spring training and then get the season going. And, uh, you know, I'm very hopeful and optimistic that there will be a full season. Uh, You know, is it possible it could start a little bit late? It's possible. I know it's early to be talking about that now, but they are pretty far apart. So uh, got a lot of work to do, and uh, we're still optimistic here.
0: Well,
2: that's going to do it for this episode of Big Time Baseball. You can catch us every other week in the offseason, try to give some time for some news to build, Uh, but we look forward to hearing you. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Big Time Baseball. Make sure you check back every Monday. Uh, Myself, Cody Decker, John Heyman will be here to serve. Every episode is on the Odyssey app, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Leave us a comment. And a five star rating, if you feel so, if you feel like it, we'll keep, we'll be sure to keep the baseball be conversation sales. rolling. <laughs> you, be sales, Tony. you can do yeah. it all. That's what they got me on here. Try, I need to try to get these folks to keep coming back and listening. Uh, until next time, uh, we'll catch you later.